Hey, Coop. Yeah, Dylan? Dude, you remember Macross 7? Everybody, hello, welcome back to Do You Remember Macross. We are jumping again, yet again, on the planet dance here today. It's been a little while, um, but it will be a long while no matter when you listen to us because we're awesome. But, um, as always, I'm Coop, here with Mr. Dylan. It's me. Are you sure it's you? Are you I, are, oh my god. <laughs> what about Dylan of the Wired? Let me tell you about well, Dylan that. Dylan of the Wired. Uh, there's the Dylan of the past, the Dylan of the present, the Dylan of the Wired, the Dylan that everyone else perceives. Um, guess who just saw Lane? <laughs> Lane. Uh, Lane. Lane is a More show. More like Slain, my brain. Ah! <laughs> um... I, we will talk about that. We'll, we'll do that after we talk yeah, we'll, about we'll the Yeah, we'll do Macrosmas. that as like a post-episode thing. Yes. But. <laughs> so if you want to listen to us uh, talk about gods and social media and nonsense and how prophetic television can be, um, that will be at the end of this. So if you just want to um, get your rock off with your Macross 7, I don't know what I was saying, um, <laughs> but yes. So if you just want to listen to some Macross 7 goodness talking um, that will be at the end if you want to listen on. Um, aside from that, before we continue, how how are you, sir? It's it has been a bit. Um, I've been doing all right. Uh, work's been kicking my ass as we talked about before we started recording. Same. But like, other than that, like I can't really complain. It's nice to finally be making some consistent money again. Uh, yeah, boy. Doing fundraising. I I I finally have that you know that hunger. Uh, to really start channeling myself creatively, because like when you're unemployed, let me tell you, son, Coop, yeah. all that energy just goes sinks through the floor, even with all the free time you have. Yeah, it's. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a black hole of worries and X, Y, and Z. And now, now <laughs> I'm working, but it's also like, all right, I'm hungry. I need to make sure this isn't all I'm doing. Because if it is, I, I'm not going to mm. fucking let it be that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I have that I have that fire in me right now. Good. Fire. Good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming back for me, too, because stuff at work's getting better. New schedule. I, I, I am so happy I do not have freaking split days anymore. Like, mm-hmm. just a consistent three days off in a row. Like, they're 10-hour days, but it's, it's not too awful, to be honest with you. Right. So it means I don't get to exist as a person for like four days. But aside from that, you know, it's not bad. Them's but the, yeah, yes, go ahead. I was just going to say them's the rules. We it's not a big deal. Big, big capitalists fight the power, man. Power to the music. Oh, speaking um, of fighting the power in music. Yes. Let's talk let's, about some Macross 7. Yeah, boy. Let's the seven moon. The seventh moon has popped up again. We can now talk about it. Um, so let's just get right into episode four, my dude. Coop, you know the only thing scarier than a Zentradi? What, dude? A fucking vampire. <laughs> 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 All right, so yeah, let's talk about this. Yes. Uh, 
So Fire Bomber's playing a gig, and the crowd is jumping on the planet dance, uh, and, you know, there's intercut in these scenes with a, uh, a woman running through the streets from a shadow with a weird mask. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> as we're still intercutting back and forth, we see another girl who's doing her aerobics to the fire bomber and a girl who's a showering because it's anime, of course. Of course. Um, of course. And it's the 90s, especially. Oh, um, uh, yeah. It's not 90s OVA, but we're going we're gonna to make you subliminally think of 90s OVAs. Yeah, if it's, if it's a 90s OVA, you're in the shower. Sorry. Um, but anyway... So going forward here, the next morning, we learn that this uh, has been the eighth attack in recent memory, and nobody knows what's going on. Uh, Mylene is just kind of bullshitting with the rest of the band. She's like, oh, I've heard of their vampires. <laughs> and Basara is not jazzed about this because it happened like super close to where they were playing last night, and somebody who was listening to his music got hurt. So he ain't crazy about that. And then we we shift on over to the hospital, and the doctors are talking about what's going on. They don't know what's going on. And the military doctors then show up, and we learn from Max and the gang that uh, the victims are showing the same symptoms as those fire pilots that got their life juice sucked out. And, uh, yeah, there's the enemy is within the Macross, and not in a... Not in a uh, endearing blue wind kind of way. Um, yeah. So, Amelia mm-hmm. um, uh, wants some answers. So she shows on up to s- speak with Max. And she gets right down to business. She's like, fuck your double-fisted coffee. Um, I don't even <laughs> care about the pleasantries. Let's just talk. Because she's still steamed over the fact uh, that they got yelly and screamy. Uh, let's just say national television where everybody could see. So their dirty laundry got aired out and it's, it's, it's not great. It's, uh, just not, it's very messy. Very, very messy. But, uh, Coop, I, I sent this to you, uh, oh, yeah. like when I, when I watched this episode originally of like Max left alone with like the two copies. <laughs> It's great. His, his glasses transparent, uh, like opaque by the lighting, <laughs> and he just looks so sad. <laughs> but I got you a coffee, though. I, but I got you a co- You love this brew. You love your uh, Formoco Joe Ro- Rogan Joko latte. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. See, I, I even remembered the name. That's how much I still love you. <laughs> Uh, so, um, well, so the vampires, uh, after Max and Amelia have, uh, don't share coffee, uh, Gebelnitch, our big bad, tells the vampires, yo, <coughs> the next step in the plan, don't cough, but the next step in the plan, you, you go ahead and do it. And then we go over to the concert, um, they're just finishing having played for the night, Fire Bomber, that is, and shout outs the flower girl who was waiting by the stage door to see the band and see Basara. And, uh, <laughs> I, I really like, I see her so much that I think you're pulling a fast one over me and she's actually like super important. She's in the opening dude. Yeah, she is. And <laughs> like, I didn't realize that until tonight, but she's in the fucking opening. 
Well, internally, pour one out for Flower Girl because you're kidding me. There's no way. I, I I wish I was kidding you, um, but I'm I'm not. So, <sighs> Flower Flower Girl is the wife who we mourn for because she never got her Gonna full press shot. Press X to doubt and let you continue with the summary. <laughs> All right, press F to pay respects. Um, anyway, um, so <coughs> so while they're walking out of the venue. Malene and uh, Basar start bickering over their ways of playing. He's more feel. She's more, hey, here's the music. And Ray's we just like, We have a just, score for a reason, jackass. Yeah. Well, Basar's like, I, I gotta feel it, man. It's, it's <laughs> uh, you know, come on, people. Um, here's, here's the issue. Basara's like, fine if he's improvising, but if anyone else improvises, it'll yeah. throw him off. And then... <laughs> yep. So he's got to be the prima donna. I love Basara, by the way. I'm but, not. I'm not hating. Basara like, is such a weird diva, and he's great. Um, he's, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, well, at least we have a voice of reason in here because Ray breaks up. He's like, "Hey, Basara, you should walk her home, given all the vampire nonsense that's been going on." And he's like, "Nah, if they come after me, I'm just gonna take a selfie with them and run off. So don't worry about it." And uh, poor flower girl. She gets done dirty because as she's walking up to Basara, um, two other fangirls knock her out of the way. So ugh, I hope those fangirls got vampired because you don't do flower girl dirty like that. Um, nah, man. They don't mm-hmm. deserve apathy syndrome from Persona 3. Oh! Because that's basically what that is. Pretty much. Pretty much. I, I would not be surprised if Hashino. Hashino? Is that the guy's name? I think so. I think so. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he like if he lifted the idea for Macross Seven. I don't know. I, I could be stretching. That. You know, it's not a totally massively destructive idea. Uh, <laughs> I missed this. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, so, of course, Mylene runs off, and somebody does follow. Of course. And it's actually her bodyguards, so they end up following after her. And she outruns them. Uh, but hey, um, vampires actually show up and jump her. And Basar catches up with her. It's like, hey, we're getting out of here. And the vampire, he's got friends. He's got, <coughs> there's like six or seven of them there. And uh, yeah, so they end up running away the vampires actually uh, end up sucking out one of the oh my goodness uh taking the life force of one of the bodyguards and they slip away into a sewage hatch and he starts bizarre that is starts giving her crap saying so how did your selfie plan work out and she's like <laughs> oh come on um and the bodyguards do I show mean, up. To be fair, she was being kind of bullheaded. I yeah. feel like you, you know that there's an issue going on. It's you can you can uh, tell because uh, uh, earlier in the meeting there were because in the coffee scene, uh, Max had mentioned asking about the band and Firebomber because he's kind of concerned about it, and it seems it seems like there's some pretty anim- animosity there because Max tries to be there for her despite his position. And Melia's mm. just like, I'm just going to plan everything out for you. And, you know, and it, it, we'll see how f- much further that goes here in a bit. But mm. 
things with her folks aren't great, and things between her folks aren't great, so... It's just not great altogether. No. <clears throat> and her, like, seven sisters are all off across the ga- galaxy doing their own thing. So, we never see Comelia, just so you know. <laughs> okay. Um, that's that's really weird. That's yeah. That's really weird to me. <laughs> We see one of her sisters in the movie, but that's it. That's okay. we see. They're very. I think like I think in that all the baby. Sp- that baby was like the legendary baby that True. bridged the gap. Like that was a powerful on. baby. Kawamori. I'm fine with this, but I'm also a little frustrated. You know, it would have been interesting. This is derailment, but it's our style. Um, yeah. If there was a spinoff where. It was about Comelia and her reputation as the baby that ended the war and her life trying to live on with that. Yeah. Or even if even if she's never the main character, it would still be kind of interesting to have her be like, you know, the first child, the model pilot being like, Mom, do I really have to get my sister in line? Like I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of like. Tuesday, uh, like from Carol and Tuesday, I'm thinking of mm. like her older brother. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Also, side note, my uh, my mom got really into Carol and Tuesday. That's rad. So we're, we we watch an episode around the dinner table. It's pretty great. Carol and Tuesday is a good show. I, I um, watched the first couple episodes of it and quite liked it. It it It's pretty good in the first season of where we, we started the second season uh, last week and it's it's it really picks up. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, uh, enough of that digression. I just yes. wanted to, to throw that out there. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, um, le- less heartwarming music stories and more <laughs> vampires. Um, so um, the enemy and uh, so we can make it a little more clear who these are. This term doesn't show up till later. But let's just call them the proto devilin for right now, and you'll see why later on. It just makes it easier to give a name to it. Okay. So <clears throat> the proto devilin show up, and Max orders a shell down to the ship. He's surprised they even got this close to the Macross 7 fleet. They've been up in their game. And um, so we go back to the sewers. They, uh, Basara and Mylene, are still running. Uh, a good long ways from the vampires. They're still on the, on their heels. And they managed to eventually find a hatch out. And he's like, okay, you're not going anywhere without me, so we're running back over to the apartment so we can get the fire back. And in the mi- meantime, the D-Force launches on out because they're the D-Force and they're awesome. And um, eventually, Basara shows up. Because he's ready to break up the stock footage parade. Because in these episodes, there's a lot of stock footage. <laughs> and I get it. It's a 90s uh, anime. They got to stretch money where they can, especially considering it's 50 episodes. Right. Um, and while Basara is doing his plan, I believe it's still Planet Dance. No, it's I it might be Come On People. Uh, but anyway, uh, he my, does start. Uh, come on, people! At some okay. point, I think I it's called know. "My Soul for You" is the actual name of the song. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is dope, but it doesn't fit in the scenes. But whatever. Um, so Gamlin is definitely not having it. He is like, "Okay, you need to get out of your way. Why the hell are you in an active combat zone playing music? Like you're just begging to get hit." And. <laughs> uh, 
Gamlin's superior Kiryu is like, okay, you need to back off, leave him alone, we'll just do our own thing, we'll talk to Max about it later. <coughs> and then, uh, meanwhile, Gepelnich um, c- uh, contacts the enemy commander, Giggle, and he's like, okay, you're picking up the vampires and you're getting out of there, and he's like, we're not, we're not shooting people? We're not, we're <laughs> oh, not, man. we're not sucking more? Oh, come on! So... <laughs> They're out of there. <laughs> and I need my tasty, tasty emotion <coughs> juice. Animo spiritia. I, I love, I love your <coughs> your tendency to make lip smacking noises into your <laughs> microphone. I'm sure yeah. our listeners do too. And they're probably like, "What the fuck is up with that guy?" Not this shit again. <laughs> 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 Boy, let me tell you about fighting off a cold. But anyway, <clears throat> big cough energy. So, Basara himself isn't too happy because he doesn't get to finish his song again. And afterwards, um, the D Force is talking with Max, and he's like, "I'll take care of Basara. Don't worry about it." And Basara gets gives Melina walk home, and that's the end of the episode. Um, so before we move on, do you have any specific thoughts? Cause really, at least for me, um, mm-hmm. we'll get into it more here in a bit, but watching, uh, I think watching Macross seven, the format we've started to is maybe the best way to watch the show. Cause I feel I like trying agree. to, I think like, I think three episodes at a time is perfect because at the end of the first three episodes, I was like, Oh, uh, yeah, like by the end of that third episode, I really felt like we took a big step forward. And I feel the same way about this last episode <laughs> or this this last trio. Episode four is good, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it, it still kind of had the same problem I had with the first three where I, I just wasn't quite getting the content I yeah. wanted. And but up. Oh, sorry, go ahead. It's uh, and it's very kind of for right now. Monster of the wiki before it really picks up. But yeah. continue. Give me the big butt. Yeah. But I will say, uh, starting with episode five and especially with episode six, um, even if it's like not major, like huge radical like progression in plot, there's enough going on where like I'm I'm finally starting to feel like I'm I'm starting to sink into it. If that makes sense. No, I get that, and I was like, definitely I'm oh, definitely yeah, feeling that too, especially with even if somebody's watched it all before, like you start mm-hmm. to get your fingers a little more into the cast of Matt Cross like you've known them before in a way. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a little... It's not an instant connection like the original show, uh, but here it's... It, it takes its time a bit more. Yeah, you gotta you gotta really hang out with these characters <coughs> and get to know them before you really start yeah. to feel like part of the group, if that makes sense. Yeah, because like I, like I... I think uh, I told you this before, it's kind of like... Mac, the original Macross, you're with them and you learn about them really quickly, and that's how you get to know them. Here, you're yeah, just like, with them for a long time. There's there's never a moment where like, oh, Basara and Mylene are stranded in like some remote area, and they have to like spend four days alone here and try not to die. Like, like maybe twenty minutes, but not four days. It, it's never going to be four days, and like so, mm-hmm. the original Macross just kind of the circumstances were like so over the top, mm-hmm. like in terms of like direness that like characters were forced to like get to know everything about each other 
in a really small condensed amount of time or you know it's you know they they put a lot of time in, in, to detail Hikaru's relationship with Roy and you know stuff like that there's there's a lot of more familiarity among these characters they're a lot more intimate as a result um here they're just fellow members of a band <laughs> yeah and Mylene's like still brand new to the band too yeah Mylene, so Mylene is very much an outsider so Along with us, she's still kind of getting a feel for everything. Mm. So, should we just roll on into numero cinco? Uh, I would, yeah. I think, okay. I think we can move on. So, this episode starts off with a banger. Because in the recap, going to the beginning of the episode, um, shouts to uh, our, our favorite murder robot girl, Sharon Apple. Um <laughs> Because I'm, I'm just happy there's some <laughs> Macross Plus music showing up here. It makes sense because of the same time frame. But it's nice to hear again, to be honest. Um, and it's kind of funny to hear it in Macross 7 because there's such a wide gulf in difference between the music that Macross 7 uh, stylistically is going towards and yeah. then Macross Plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's, oh. it's actually going from duvet to chala hechala. That just kind of hurt my head a little bit, but right? you know. <laughs> oh boy, uh, and I don't think you understand. Oh, you used to be an honest man. Um, what? Um, <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so Mylene and Basara—they're speeding off in her red sports car. And they picked up some groceries or whatever. <clears throat> and she asks Basara, okay, why do you jump into the Fire Valkyrie? Like, because it does not make sense you go into a war zone. He's like, I just like to sing. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Stop asking and, me, Mom. And uh, <laughs> and there's a big old crew of biker ladies right behind them. And, just harassing them for yep. no reason. Because <laughs> they're just about the vroom vroom. And yeah. they try to box them in as they're going down the highway. And her, Malene's um, bodyguards are watching from afar. And they, of course, they lose her because that's what they always do. And they get back. <coughs> Mylene manages to um, basically uh, break the trail and get away from them. But the bikers do catch up once they get back to the apartment and they give Mylene a bunch of shit. Like, is this your boyfriend? Huh? And oh my god, yeah. She's just like, we're just in a band, dude. It's like, um, why the fuck are you guys harassing me? I don't know. Um, and Basara just goes up to one of the bikers, the one who's primarily harassing, is like, hey baby, you want to check out my SoundCloud? Um, and she's all like, no, I don't. I don't care about your band or your funny SoundCloud. Listen to the sound of this engine. This is way better than any song. It's, it's uh, actually Golden Boy episode five. That, I, w- I was just about to mention that. <laughs> uh, very. What can a man do that a machine can't with five times more efficiency? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> you know you can't beat the Ikazuki 5000. You oh know, my god, so. that is yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um I was having a conversation 
uh, with a good friend, friend of the show, uh, Brandon. You may, if you follow us, we follow him. We love him at Gonzo Media Productions. Um, we were having talks with friends about what anime you should watch, and he's like, you're always mentioning Golden Boy, and I'm all like, but Golden Boy's good, though. you got to watch it with the dub, and you got to watch it maybe drunk because um, it's highly <laughs> educational. Oh, my God. It's so educational. That's so good. I, You know what? Maybe it might have been a mistake that I, I saw Golden Boy when I was, like, 14 or 15. Oh, no. <laughs> and, like, oh, but, like, man, that was one of the best discoveries in high school. I showed it to, like, all of my friends, even people who weren't super into anime uh. and, like... You know, it's it's a it's a bit of a harder sell now. Mm. But <laughs> did you show Golden Boy to Wilson? I show I showed him like the first two or three episodes, and oh. uh, like like at the start of episode two, he turns to me and goes, "How did you find this nightmare?" <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds like something he said to me once or twice. Because I remember in I think in high school we were hanging out. And I found a bunch of random Visual K music videos. Oh, my and we, God. And we recorded a commentary track watching them. And he's uh, all like... We talking about some Anne Cafe? Yeah. We talking about some... Uh, Malice Miser? Um, uh, yeah. He was like, what the fuck am I watching? Um, I, I, and I quote, he said something to the effect of, I was alive, and then I was dead, and then I was alive. That sounds about right. That's that's that on sounds brand like for a Wilsonism. Yeah. Um, but anyway, speaking uh, speaking of highly educational um, products, do check out Golden Boy um, if you need a good laps a laugh. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, while we're still talking about bikers and ones that get a lot more from uh, their motorcycle than anybody else, um, the things escalate as Masara. Um, oh boy, the one biker lady tries to kick Basar in the face, but he dodges and lands on the bike and starts riding around with her on the bike around rubble and everything until the leader of the bikers, Rex, shows off, uh, shows up, and she's like, I'm, I'm gonna just peel you off of him. Let's get out of here. We got better things to do. You know um, what Basara's skill with a bike tells me? <laughs> what? It tells me that even before he started piloting a Veritech fighter with the guitar, he was doing this shit on motorcycles. You know what? Oh, I want that prequel anime now. Oh my god. Where he's just going uh he's just going across America on a motorcycle on a dirt bike just with the acoustic guitar. He's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, so sister and the guy on the highway is like, Why are you on a motorcycle playing Hey Soul Sister on the highway? Cause I want to play music. Shut up. That's how I. That's how I get from point A to point B. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so the big reason the biker girls leave, and the big reason they're all gathering and they got groceries is they've been so busy they haven't had time till now to actually have a welcome party for Malene, and they find out they got a gig coming up tomorrow. And for the most part, it's because the producers saw Basara live with the Fire Valkyrie. So it's coming in handy. And a lot of people also, uh, Mylene included, think that the Fire Valk is just some kind of promotional stunt when Basara, he ain't a sellout. <coughs> nope. 
and he he just he likes playing music. That's all I gotta tell you. So the next day, they're on their transport heading towards uh, the venue, and they're heading from one part of the colony to the next. So they are on the space highway, and as they're talking and just uh, also reviewing the fact that oh, there's more news of vampire attacks on the news. You got just got fucking Vafita. She's just with her drumsticks, just like on everything she can hit, yeah. and it is so good. That is uh, that is her entire essence. Like little character quirks like that, and like the curly straws we talked about last time. Yeah, like, yeah. Like there's there's a lot of detail that like give these characters a lot of personality that isn't like in like major character beats like Mm-mm. in the uh, past few Macross series we've watched. It's like it's, it's all very tiny, subtle stuff that doesn't really advance the plot or like Mm-mm. add drama, but it, it's real. It's just really nice, like detail. Yeah, you learn a lot visually about them rather than it just being spoke out for you. And with how much they have to do over these 50 episodes, whenever they can fit that in, it helps quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, oh boy. Um, so while they are going along, heading to the venue, we go to a big old conference with other officials from all over the Macross 7 fleet. And Max learns that the enemy, the Protodelvin devil and valkyries may actually be from another exploratory fleet that was lost a while back and they may be highly modified but they're not sure so they're pretty concerned about that and uh (laughs) upon talking with earth max tells them that no surprise big what big surprise earth told us we're on our own so so we're just i don't know what to tell you chief um (laughs) then again i was thinking to myself on this like they're millions and probably millions of light years away from earth so what really can they do but anyway so we go to a bar or restaurant we're not 100 percent sure but we see gamlin sitting at a table with miria and they're talking about milan and Miria runs off, gives her, gives him a little po- Polaroid of her. So, um, so there's there's stuff going on, and Kiryu shows up and gives Gamlin a little crap about her. And I noticed here, Gamlin has a not Gamlin, Kiryu has a head tattoo, yeah. and I'm just like, I don't know how to feel about you, dude. <laughs> I I, wa- I want to know the backstory that led. To Kiryu getting that head tattoo. <laughs> like, it's not a super important character, but I just right. want to see... I'm actually drawing a blank. Which one's Kiryu? Is he um, like a fellow he's soldier? The, he's the bald guy who leads the D-Force. Right, right. Okay. And then the other guy, since Docker's out, um, is Physica. Okay. Also, this is something I didn't really think of, but is this the first time we see Gamlin outside of the cockpit? I think we might have seen him once um, when Docker got mind juiced, okay. but aside from that, no. But like not, this is not the first time we've much. seen him in like not a casual setting, but like definitely off, like very clearly off duty. Yeah, not really in flight gear or in the VF seventeen. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so we'll see more of that for sure. Um, so we go back 
to Fire Bomber in their space bus. And just because the bikers are back on the space road and they're harassing Basara and everybody around um, because bikers in their super awesome biker suits, their space biker suits and being spice bikers. It's ridiculous. And I love it. And (laughs) Basara hops out in a bike of his own to catch up and just mess with the bikers. And after a Basara pretty much um, does a fancy display so the shuttle can space bus can leave without being bugged by him anymore. Rex is all like, girls, we go into a concert. So, yeah. Um, I love how that, that was enough for her to be like, all right, all right, we'll hear this fucker out. <laughs> yeah. And a surprise to no one. At the can at the concert, they are of course jumping on the planet dance, and people are digging it. And again, shout outs to Flower Girl because Flower Girl, um, <coughs> and as they're playing, Mylene notices, hey, it's a smaller crowd. But she at this point she kind of gets why Basara hops into the Valkyrie. Um, to go out in the battle, because he's not really necessarily worried about who he's playing for, just the fact that he's doing it. And um, then the bikers show up, and they tell the crowd, oh, oh boy, they tell the crowd, yo, you gotta listen to us and our bikes and how cool they are, and let our me show off. Our bikes are hardworking guts. Uh, and <laughs> here, here's a grenade launcher we'll just shoot off within the walls of this colony. Like, what the fuck is you doing, baby? <laughs> I, oh boy, and apparently, like, yeah, you know, you know what? Why this bothers me so much? Because like in so many episodes of Zeta Gundam, they're like, "Don't fucking fire a weapon inside a colony; yeah. you'll kill everyone." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here these bikers go. How did they get their hands on these firearms? Who cares? They just fire it off into the ceiling of their. I'm glad. I'm glad that these colonies are made of sterner stuff yeah. than the ones in Gundam. They're 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 made out of a little more uh, metal toothpicks than just toothpicks. <laughs> My goodness. So yeah, um, boy. So apparently, the whole point of shooting off a grenade in public in a space colony is apparently you're lame if you like music and you don't live on the edge. And Rex is all like to Basara, can you really live on the edge while singing? <laughs> and <I'm> sorry. <laughs> did you get cut on the edge? Oh, my God. <laughs> let, let me let me quote uh, our favorite edgy character. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Not here. <laughs> this is like taking candy from a baby, which is fine by me. <laughs> I am, I am. Here we go, right, baby. Listen, Here we go, listen, baby. Listen. All right, I will. I will make fun of a lot of things about Shadow the Hedgehog, but that song unironically slaps. No, it's a slappy song. I just gotta make fun of the Edge. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so we gotta go fast. Um, so. The Proto-Divilins show up, and they're ready with more stock footage attacks than ever before. And they actually uh, side-seven their way on into the colony, into the complex. 
um, into the residential zone. And Basara hops into the Valkyrie, and he's ready to totsugeki some love hearts. And Rex's heart goes doki-doki because she's been totsugekied. Um, and the bikers start to get it. Do you get that? <laughs> yes. Okay, I, good. I think I, I think I got all that. They cut for like a split second, but I got it. Okay. I don't know if the listeners will get it, but I get it. You get okay. Doki-doki, totsugeki. Um Tanjobi, Omedito. Um, anyway, um, Ray. Um, so the fight gets a little more complicated as it's just Basara, and there's multiple proto Dublin Valkyries surrounding him, and it looks like the bikers are going to get hurt bad. So um, Ray tells Basara, "Hit a slider on your um, control guitar." Um, and it opens up a missile slot on the side of the Valkyrie's leg. Basara doesn't know that's there, by the way. Yeah. And he lets two loose, and he manages to <coughs> to clear things out and get those guys out of there. However, much like when he had to, when Mylene made him punch those guys. He is not happy he had to use force in any way, shape, or form. So (laughs) he's not a happy camper. However, Rex is hella impressed, and uh, uh, she's ready for the golden golden boy. She wants to totsugeki that love heart, doki doki. Um, She's ready for some highly educational research. Um, And she gives Basara a smooch. Uh, Malene happens to do the classic. I I saw it, but I didn't see it. Just just in time. The and best part. The best part is the little. Uh, I forget. The, the oh, Guvaba. Yeah, yeah. Like just kind of popping out, and he's pissed. Yeah, he's a mad. He's a mad fluff. Oh, uh, it's so good. <sighs> um, like that's such a nice little personality mm-mm. detail. Guvaba is sassy. He's a he's a sassy tribble. Um, it's, it's true. <laughs> and so Ray afterwards looks back at the shuttle they used to get to the venue. It is totaled. Even though Ray was all like, I ah, don't worry about getting this messed up. We'll, we'll get enough money for the show. He's losing some money tonight. Um, and before um, Ray tells him, take the Virabalk just back on over. We can't fit it on the space van anymore. Basara just lets Ray have it for having missiles on the fire valk and not telling him why. And Ray's response is, oh, they're there because they fit in the Valkyrie. Don't worry about it. And, yeah, Basara not happy. And because Basara got a good cut on his arm while fighting, my name's like, I'm just going to fly this on back. And she... um, as they're flying on back in the Valkyrie, she starts singing herself. And Basara's like, why are you doing that? It's like, because this is kind of what you do, brah. And I get it. And also, while Basara earlier a little bit before this questions, hey, why you can't pile this? And she's like, do you know who my parents are, brah? <laughs> and the episode ends as she sings as they fly on off back towards... The I think complex. this specific scene uh, <clears throat> was like the scene where I was like, all right, I I've been like 
I've been enjoying it, but like not getting super into it. But like this was the moment where I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm in. That's like just a great little exchange between these two characters. Um, and I, excuse me, and I really hope to see this dynamic continue to expand. Mm. Same. Because uh, I, I honestly, for my last watch, I don't remember much outside of Basara being Basara and Malene being a little, a little obnoxious at times, but I get it. She's like 14. Like, come on. Also, uh, we completely forgot to talk about the fact that she got a fucking beer, or is in that the is that in the next episode? I think that's in the next episode. I'm not okay. for sure, but we'll we'll go on through it. Okay, we'll, there's, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Because there's multiple issues with her being 14 in this show. Um, when she even brings it up herself. Um, did you have any other thoughts for the episode before we continue on? Um, I think I'm saving all my thoughts for uh, at the end of episode uh, six. Yeah. Yes, because that does expand on some of the stuff we were talking about in this last one. So just to keep on a going, <coughs> let's uh, hench in a go-go, baby. Um, so, oh, yeah, yeah, boy. Okay, we're uh, going to have to edit this out because this is too big of a digression, but let's fucking talk about Ultraman for a second. Yeah. Platinum Games Ultraman? I hope that's an Ultraman game. They said it was Dude. original IP, though, so... No, I mean, I I, I know it's going to be an original it's basically IP, but Ultraman, I mean, like, though. it's... Yeah, it's basically Ultraman, dude, and I am so fucking sold. I, I'll play whatever they put out. Um, so, oh, and I already backed Wonderful 101, because Beautiful I'm gonna... Joe was, like, my first action game. I still haven't oh, beaten yeah. it, because it's a very difficult game, and every time I start it up, I'm like, well, I need to start over from the beginning to remember everything. Beautiful Joe is a chef's kiss. Beautiful it's Joe so 2 good. is still solid. I don't remember yeah. being as crazy about it. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> the the other thing I wanted to say was I, I need to... I, I didn't have the money to back Wonderful 101, um, so, like, I'll probably just buy it when it comes out. Mm. Um which sucks, but, like, you know, I'll be happy to own it on the Switch regardless. And you'll be getting all the good stuff regardless, too, because all the stretch goals mm-hmm. and stuff they've been doing. So I'm I'm excited for that because I did play it on the Wii U, and something about it didn't click for me back then. Um, mm-hmm. But I think maybe this time around it'll work a little bit better for me. Uh, okay, okay, sorry. Uh, longer <coughs> digression, and I guess we can keep this in if you want because it, oh, it's... it's you know it's staying in. Let's be okay, um, but like I'm so mad because one of my friends, like he he was the only one I knew with a Wii U, and I saw Wonderful 101, and I'm like, oh, this looks really cool. And I know that my friend's name is Brandon. <laughs> he really loves Power Rangers, so I kind of I kind of also like I thought he liked Beautiful Joe, but I guess he he never played Beautiful Joe. He only played uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three, but. I, I tell him, like, oh, dude, I really think you should get this game, uh, Wonderful 101. It, it's kind of like Kamiya's follow-up to Beautiful Joe. And he's like, yeah, that sounds cool. And then years pass, and he never bought the game. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, I don't, wait. And, like, and he, he starts playing it, and he's like, oh, dude, I love the Wonderful 101. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, t- I told you to play it, like, years ago. And he's like, you didn't tell me it was Power Rangers. And I'm like, I said it was Beautiful Joe. And he's Aww. like, Beautiful Joe's. And, and I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Are you are you actually kidding me? Oh no! <laughs> Needless to say, we're not friends. Any no, that's not true. We still <laughs> <kick it. laughs> 
I well, can't believe he's can... never played. He's never played uh, the common Rider action game. That's beautiful, Joe. Like, so speaking of common Rider games, did you did you hear about that common uh, Rider game on the PS2? That's basically Resident Evil. No, there's a what? game called Common Rider. I think it's called Genealogy of Justice, and it's basically a Resident Evil game, and you play as Common Rider One and part of it. Common Rider Agito, because that's what the show was airing at the time, and then also Common Rider Black. Oh my god, that sounds awesome! Oh my god! Oh my god! So I really, so like, I really like the Resident Evil like tank controls, pre-rendered background. Like I've been wanting to get on Onimusha for like that same mm. reason uh, to scratch that itch because I feel like I've already played the best Resident Evil games of that genre. Uh, I really do need to watch Kamen Rider Black. Uh, that's, that looks really cool. Black is dope. I finish, when you get the time, finish double first before. <laughs> right, right. That's, that, um, that's my first plan, uh, is I'm going to finish double with my brother. We've just been busy. <laughs> I get you. Hey, Heaven's Tornado, though. Mm, mm. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, this, this game looks sick. We should go back to the episode, though. <laughs> yes, yes, um. But yeah, what? Oh, I will say before we properly we talk about what this show is. Um, I, I've been th- having a hardening thought as in the last while. What do you think is my favorite platinum game? Period. Your favorite platinum game? Period. This is for how how long you've known me and the game I've talked about very often. I think you probably know. All right, let me let me think of all the plot. Is it is it like a is it a weird pick? No. Okay. So let me. It's not wonderful one hundred and one because we we just talked about that. Um, I don't think it's Astral Chain because Astral Chain is like it's all right. It's uh, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it's either of the Bayonettas. That doesn't sound quite right. Mm-hmm. I could see I could see it being Vanquish. Nope. Um, nope. Okay, let me keep going down the list. Is it like one of the licensed nope. games? Is is it okay? I was about to ask if it was Transformers. Um, show me a good time, Jack. Oh my! Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> that one didn't register with me somehow. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> the memes. The memes. Now there's a pretty meme. Exquisite. Uh. I, I people have issues with the combat in that game. I think that is the purest, purest distillation of what Platinum Games does best, mm-hmm. and what some people it does have issues. But I think one, the shorter length is the best part about it, and mm-hmm. two, <coughs> the fact they had to turn that game around in eight months created yeah. the perfect amount of restrictions. So they had to be very super focused in what they had to do. Because even mm-hmm. in games like Bayonetta and very much Astral Chain as well, there's sometimes some of the levels have too much meandering. There's a little too much filler, not enough killer. I would and agree with that. Um, no. I don't mind the filler in, like, say, the original <coughs> Devil May Cry. Mm. Uh, which, I mean, I know that's not a platinum game, but it's a Hideki Kamiya joint. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. But... I, I honestly I think the game that's clo- been I played recently that's closest 
to all killer no fillers probably dmc5 to be honest um yeah yeah that that game is like super tightly designed it's give me dmc the next game please i would i would play that um give me, anyway. give me my dedicated nero game finally finally have, have the first five episodes be like just episodic adventures of him doing a job then coming home and having dinner with nico and kyrie <laughs> that's all i want please and then like and then have the main plot kick in at mission six or whatever and then more awkward jokes about sweet surrender yeah okay of course that was that goes without saying anyway oh and again shout outs to our boy shoji kawamori who designed i think he designed the gerbera and punchline oh, yeah, yeah yeah if i remember correctly or he he designed many uh, of those devil arms i did he design them or did he i think he designed most of the yeah devil it was Rangers. it was the guy who did the mech designs so yeah yeah it would be shoji kawamori he did all the designs i think devil mechawamori i don't know what to tell you man um it's dope but speaking of mechas and shoji kawamori should we talk about this Macross 7 show? That was, a, that was a really nice segue back into, from that ginormous diversion. Uh, yes, let's let's roll into episode, episode okay. 6. We're rolling like per, pure platinum on over into this because, so, Mylene is in the shower. She's getting herself cleaned up for the day. And she gets a ring, and she thinks it's Ray calling in. No, it, it's actually Amelia calling in, and she's like, so I'm cool with you being Firebomber and all that, and I can even help you get gigs. But you have to get married to this gambling guy. Um, here's information on him. And he's like, what? Meanwhile, we cut to Gamlin, who he's trying to get dirt on the VF-19, and everything is restricted on it. It gets to the point where his computer pretty much gets wiped because he pushes too hard. He's like, what the hell? Why? What's up with this Valkyrie? Like... My goodness. Um, and why would they be so secretive about it? Hmm. We cut back to Mylene, and she's like, Mom, I'm not super cool with this. And also, I'm 14. Don't you think that's a bit young? Eh, huh? And your mom's like, I don't know. Um, <coughs> but she ends up just running off to the gig while Basara... We see him just floating in space, just kind of cruising in the fire balk. He's playing. He's also thinking really hard about those missiles, and he is no bueno, no happy about that. Um, <clears throat> and then we see the D-Force, and they're about to go ahead and test out any changes that have been made to the VF-17s and the mechanics of Gustum, and uh, they're heading on out. And we get to the gig, and we see Firebomber playing, and Ray notices right away that Basara is pissed the whole time he's playing. He has the biggest rage boner performance you could think of. Um, so <laughs> it doesn't go too terribly well. <clears throat> and while they're, we switch back to the D-Force. And while they're out and about doing the test, Gamlin notices a civilian shovel going a bit fast. And it's being a bit shifty. And Kiri's like, okay, uh... Gamblin, you go chase after that. We'll head back to report our findings. And Gamblin then has to go ahead and get a second go-ahead to proceed even further uh, before an investigation squad shows up and he goes on vacation. So Gamblin's like, I'll get there, I'll see what's up, and then I'll just chill and wait for the investigation squad. So, And 
um, Ray afterwards, they're kind of, Farbammer sitting in the audience, just kind of listening to the bands. And Ray notices that something is really off, and Basara is not really wanting to talk to him about it at all. Um, and boy, um, Gamblin does our girl, uh, Flower Girl, done dirty again because. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> But he's that dork with the program who doesn't know how to use it, and it's set and beeps up, and he doesn't know he's sitting behind Basara. So he's just kind of... Uh, what a fucking fumbling. dork. Gamlin has big dork energy, and that's kind of <laughs> why I love him. Because he's, I think I think he is currently my favorite character in the show. Gam, uh, Gamlin, Gamlin from goes the, places. From the strength of this one episode, like, and yeah, I don't know where he goes from here, but like... From the strength of this one episode, I I love Gamlin. <laughs> God, that ma- that dork and his goofy like the, blue Wolverine hair. The the first five episodes were him just Yusuke from Girl Chan, like oh that Basara, but like pretty much, and he's still doing that. But like it's it's kind of fun to see him like outside of you know his job. Yeah, we're giving ha- him actually a little bit of time to breathe. Yeah, even if he is just bringing his job to his, you know, personal yeah. life. But, like, it, it works, because I, I, I like seeing him, like, in this fish-out-of-water kind of scenario. It's it's pretty good. Um, and speaking of being a fish-out, um, not knowing it's Basara, Gamlin asks him, Hey, how did the Firebomber play? Um, and Basara's like, they fucking suck, dude. What? And I'm just like... Yup. Basara, Basara is mad. Um, but, um, not as all lost, because Macross then gets sexy. Make it look sexy. It's, it's a tasty sax solo. But the vampires think it's very tasty, too. And And they they commit a hate crime. Yup. They... (laughs) They they suck this they suck the the groove out of the sax man, and <coughs> and a great sin was committed today, um, so that <coughs> oh boy, um, so once this is noticed everybody sees it. Gamblin orders the ship closed off completely, and he runs after the vampires with Bizarra, and then he eventually realizes oh this is actually Bizarra. And then just keeps on asking him, okay, how are you tied to the military and why do you have this Valkyrie? And then Giggle shows up and hit with his guys and he's like, we're going to collect some life juice, brah. Um, and Basara and Gamler are still running around in the complex. And Basara goes on about his philosophy about why he's in it. Gamler is still confused as hell. <coughs> And they both take on off um, in their respective Valkyries. And the ship is sending out escape pods, but they are very easy targets for the Proto-Devilin as Gepelnitch's boys uh, reveal, hey, um, we we got what we wanted. We wanted the spiritua, the life juice of a musician because of that Nekibasara dude who does the Coca- Tokigeki Coca-Cola anima spiritua. Um, so we can see what's going on. But we're just going to let Giggle be, let him do whatever. And 
while trying to defend the pods, the skate pods, because they're they're easy targets for life suck. Um, he takes some pretty nasty hits. Basara does eventually come in to shield him, and they become kind of a defensive unit for the pods. And when the when Giggle comes charging at them, Basara is kind of paralyzed at the thought of having to use his, use the missiles again. But he does, and that drives Giggle off. He's still not crazy about it. And Giggle's like, I gotta get out of here when all those VF-11s and the rest of the D4 show back up. Um, so that that gets taken care of. And then episode ends as Mylene comes to visit a pretty roughed-up Gamlin. And she's like, hey, I was there too. Thank you for saving us. Um... And he's like, why are you there? Um, I was, I had a school project. Yeah, school project. And they're being very nice and congenial with each other. But it's so awkward. It's so good. Like, (laughs) I I love that. uh, Is it Mylene or Maylin? Because, like, the Uh, subtitles, her, like, name in writing reads, like, uh, Mylene. But like when I hear the characters say it out loud, I keep hearing Maylin. Yeah, it's I'm not sure. I I kind of go back and forth myself, so mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. I think it might be my Mylin from what they were saying, like Malin. Yeah. Uh, um, but Mylin, ah, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. <clears throat> but it's not like we're calling her Rick Hunter or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, that doesn't matter either. So, um, and then we then cut to Basara, looking pretty soul-crushed, who's just sitting at the foot of his, of the fire valk, just kind of strumming along. And that is this second round of third episodes of Macross 7. We are getting there. Yes. We are getting there, and it is. it feels good. <laughs> Uh, so like yeah with this with this last episode i i really feel like now things are you know i i don't imagine the pace to pick up anytime soon but like mm. there is enough on my plate now that like if the next serving i got was mm. like the same amount of uh filler versus the same amount of meat i would mm. be satisfied because like now i'm now i'm gonna be thinking back to that past meal and like <clears throat> The all the little tiny character details are gonna keep snowballing until like, even if the even if the show feels spread super far out, mm-hmm. there's like enough like details and enough like interesting morsels of like character stuff in there that like I can enjoy the ride and kind of coast off of that. Same. I I feel especially like the best and the strongest stuff is mm-hmm. um, so far is just how we. How we've expanded upon the Basara being mad at punching people thing to a point yeah. where he is mad that there are missiles in his Valkyrie and Ray just put them there without telling him. Right. Because especially considering how possessive Basara is over the Fire Valk. Because yeah. he I think he sees the Fire Valk more as another instrument more than a weapon. Right, right. This is the same thing as, like, the hologram projecting into space that is used for Min Mei's concert. Mm, true. 
you know, like it it is it is a vital part of what he is trying to do and like the artist that he wants to become. Um, and it's being used as a weapon or it it was designed to be a weapon without mm. his against his wishes. And the the kind of plot twist that like Basara's Veritech fighter is so super classified that there's no information. That's interesting. And now yeah. it's opening up all kinds of questions about like who is Ray? How did Ray install the weapons onto the Veritech fighter? How does he know about that? Because I'm assuming Basara got the Veritech fighter from yeah. Ray. And um, then how does what does Max know about this? And there's just a bunch of and there's, also there's a bunch of mysteries. And now we have like Maylin kind of kind of trying to pretend mm-hmm. to be a good girl because she's like, all right, but this guy's actually kind of cute though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I love his name's Gamlin, right? Yep. I love, again, like, I love Gamlin and his, like, dorky fish out of water, like, I went to this concert. I do not know what I am doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, and just to kind of see, like, these characters play off of each other and, like, you know, Gamlin and Vostra, like, taking on the vampire. And he's like, wait, but I have questions. I, I'm excited to see what happens next. I went from like I went from like okay I'm interested to see what happens next to I am actually excited to see what happens next. You you are you are jammed and excited to jump on the planet dance. Yes yes I am now jumping on the planet dance. Everybody. <laughs> do we do we want to talk about the music really quick? Because oh uh, yeah we, sure uh, we, we talked about it a bit last time, but we can we can go further in. Because I think the only new song because I don't think it showed up before was Totsugeki Love Heart, and that's one of the that's one of the big songs Macross Seven is known for. Um, okay, for instance, <coughs> when uh, any like when. A lot with also Macross Frontier because Firebomber's music actually does play a part in that minor part. Um, but like the big song you'll hear Cheryl covering is Totsugeki Love Heart. And one of the most awesome videos I've seen on, uh, on the internet is um, you have Yoshiki Fukuyama and uh, Mayan together performing in character. Totsugeki love heart together and I'm just all like you have power rocker screamer and power belter together and it is fucking awesome um but <coughs> I just that song's great my favorite song doesn't show up for a while um for a while we are kind of stuck with planet dance <coughs> and I know just from haven't been in the community for a while. Uh, some people really planet dance wears out their welcome fast for them, and I think it's that also starting to for me. Like it's a it's it's a fine song, but like it's also yeah. very very by the numbers. And yeah, it's it's the uh... no because like I I never got sick of my boyfriend's a, a pilot, mm-hmm. but uh you know in Robotech world Harmony Goldland. Street lights flashing, Ugh. the feeling smashing. Ugh. Uh, it, let, let's talk about a song that wears out its welcome. It's Ugh. it's the it's the Harmony Goldman May songs. Oh no! It's a uh, it's not a. Uh, 
It's not great. This is my chance to be a star. Ah. Uh. Uh, I do not love uh, that so. so. Yeah. Uh. No, nowhere to go but up. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but I think it does help with the pace we're watching this. That will kind of mm. help <coughs> with any necessary um, wearing out. Welcome, because it won't be. We won't be marathoning this. No, thank like, God, all at once, because <laughs> that would be a bit hard. This that doesn't feel be, like a bingeable show. No, it feels very much like you watch a couple episodes every week, or this was the kind of the perfect show to watch it weekly when it was airing. Yeah, um, yeah. Because otherwise, it's it's going to be a lot fast, and it's it's interesting <coughs> because Macross Seven now. Years ago, everybody hated Macross Seven. People are a lot more warm to it than they used to. There's still people mm-hmm. who hate it because it's not like the original Macross. It's, it's, still it's, it's definitely like, you know, when I when I watch, I, I, I feel like when I watch a Gundam show, I'm basically getting what I expect. But like, especially with Macross 7, even when you put it next to uh, the original Macross and Macross Frontier, they're, uh, it's, it, it's very different in terms of pacing and character writing. And it very much does its own thing, which is something I really enjoyed about it on the first watch. Um, even though I haven't rewatched it in a long time, that's also something I really liked about Macross Delta also, mm-hmm. because it's it's a sequel, but it's doing its own thing, which is always great. I'd yeah, I would prefer that than <coughs> um, just going over what's been there before. And right. Frontier right. kind of does that to a degree, but then again, that's an anniversary series too. So, mm-hmm. I we'll we'll get to Frontier when we get to Frontier. Right. But just I for don't right actually now, remember Frontier super well, uh, so that'll be interesting to revisit. It, you you could say it would be a brand new Frontier. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I would coop. Uh, well, those <laughs> those are my thoughts on this round of episodes. Again, I've. I'm having a lot more fun watching it this time around. Yeah. I think I was binging it when I first watched it. But mm. something with the binge at the time back in 2013 somehow clicked because I was just all like, this show goes places, man. When you when you hear I'm going to I'm not going to say anymore, but when you hear the term sound force, shit is lit. OK, um, OK. But but that's going to be a while. Yeah. But, yeah. <clears throat> Or the term oh, sound force. Okay, yeah. I I have an, I have a picture in my head, and I love it, but I'm not going to comment on it because I don't want it to not be true. Or the term holy lonely night. I'm just I'm excited when we get to that shit. Um, okay, okay. Um, but I believe that was it for yeah. these episodes. Let's do our uh, Thanos. Yes. Okay, I was just going to make a closing comment. Uh, after episode six, I and this might be because I was drinking a cup of decaf coffee as I was uh, finishing this episode, but I'm like, you know, I feel like Macross 7 is going to be like cold brew coffee, where, like, it takes a very long time. Like, I don't know if you know anything about brewing, Coop, but... Uh, a little bit. When, when you're brewing uh, coffee cold brew... You are literally taking water that is cold or room temperature, just like not hot. Mm. And you are doing it drop by drop over the course of like 24 hours. Damn. 
And so the water that's drip dribbling through it gets like the most amount of flavor out of each bean possible before it lands in, you know, whatever basin you're collecting the drops in to later drink as coffee. Um, And that's kind of what Macross 7 feels like. There's like each episode, there's not a whole lot happening in it, <laughs> but like. Each ep- what each episode does well, I think, is it really kind of shows and illustrates e- each character's personality, their interests, their mm. their gimmicks. Um, and I feel like, I hope at least, by the end of these 50 episodes, we'll have a nice cold brew coffee. I, I remember there being a nice cold brew coffee, but we will see. Because it's, it's, it's weird to say it's been seven years. Wow! Oh, it's geez. been seven years <laughs> since I watched Macross 7. Well, yeah, I guess while we're doing this, it's been... Oh, fuck. That can't be right. It, I think it's been... No, okay, that's not right. It's been like 10 years, maybe 11 years since I've seen Golden Boy. So, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, um, as of this time of recording... On and off, it's been about a year since we started recording. Oh, wow. Yo. (laughs) Yeah, boy. (laughs) Yeah, this is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. (laughs) Boy. Um, But uh, I think, are you ready to to send some missiles out there, some Matano Circus missiles of plugs? Yeah, let's let's do some plugs. (laughs) And then we'll learn how to love Lane. Um, so, uh, you, of course, can always find us over at our home from the <coughs> lovely people who invented cough drops. I don't have any, but I wish I did. <laughs> um, lovely people at anchor.fm, at our main page, anchor.fm slash do you remember, as in the classic Chris Wilson's favorite movie, Dude, Where's My Car? Um... But Anchor FM is wonderful. Um, If you ever want to start a podcast, I would highly recommend uploading to them because they do the wonderful job of uploading our podcasts (coughs) to the coughing voice. Are you all right, dude? I'm okay. I'm just a little. Let me tell you, (coughs) I had a really bad cold and now I'm getting over it, but I'm still getting over it. Um, But um, so, whew, Anchor. They are wonderful people. They put us out over on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Um, give us star ratings, but I also say give them star ratings because they do a wonderful job. Um, we're not sponsored anything, but Anchor has just always been fantastic. So please give them a high five. Give them a hot wink. Check them out. <coughs> and next here, um, when I'm not coughing, we are also on f- it's kind of dead right now, but we'll get back to it. Maybe we'll be alive by the time you, you hear this episode. Um, our Facebook and our Twitter, at and or slash Dude You Remember. And if you want to shoot us an email, talk to us about X, Y, or Z, or any production details, or about how Coop is a dork, and also, where, what's your address so I can send you cough drops? Um, <laughs> D-Y-R-M-Cast at gmail.com. And as always, we need to thank Mr. Chris Eakins, Artist, composition man, developer, uh, big brain boy, um, who helped uh, with Mr. Other Chris, the other Chris of Newt um, Industries to make the game Risk System for providing the show's key art. And also, I I don't hear enough people talking about Risk System. It is a killer 
a killer shoot 'em up that if you love shoot 'em up games, I would I would highly recommend it. Um, Any game that rewards you for playing super risky is a game that gets a thumbs up from me. It's 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 like how good that parry in Metal Gear Rising feels. It's it's boy, it it feels good. It feels good to almost get hurt. Uh, that doesn't sound right, but you, in the context <laughs> of the game, you know what I mean. Um, but it's awesome. You should check it out. To see more of Mr. Eakin's work specifically, check out Risk System underscore game on Twitter. There also is a New Industries Twitter page as well. And that game is out. They've done tons of uh, updates to it. Please check it out. It's usually, I think it's around 15 bucks. And um, I do hear they're working on Xbox One version. And in addition... Hopefully, I I've only heard about the X one uh, Xbox stuff. Hopefully, eventually switch because I will buy that game again and I will play it more because it's fantastic. Um, and it can be on Steam and your itch and your IO and all that good stuff. So, next, Mr. Dylan, take me yes. backstage and tell me a little bit about this uh, place from a far galaxy, far far away called the Tango Sector. Yes, okay, so, uh, yeah, to start, um, I guest star on the Unexplored cast, uh, Unexplored Places podcast. It is an actual play podcast where we play uh, various games, uh, and I am in Season 2 Tango Sector, which is a... We, we play uh, the game Scum and Villainy, and we create a story around that game. Uh, so I play a spoiled... Uh, bug aristocrat, like bug alien aristocrat named Melis, who is very much a rebellious teenager who's like, fuck the government, fight the power, uh, eat oh, the you rich. Did, you didn't say that right. You, say it with me. Row, row, fight row, the fight power. power. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's been a joy to play. Um, I just helped the, the main party pull off a heist or... You know, something along those lines. Uh, if you want to know more about that, you should listen to it yourself. At UnexploredCast uh, is their Twitter. And you can also find them on unexploredcast.libsyn.com. Uh, I am also part of Backstage Gaming, a, a podcast about video games and storytelling and how they tell stories. And I am the co-host for that. And if you want to check that out, uh, we actually had... My our my other co-host Chris, uh, he was on the podcast this podcast for when we talked about Gunbuster. Uh, if you want to check that out, you can find us on Twitter at bsg underscore cast. Uh, you can also find our main website www.bsgpod.com. Um, we ah, gosh, I need to update this uh, page because there's like also. I got you. I got we're you. On, we're, on and Apple, they also, we're on Apple they Podcasts. Oh. No, no, no. I got this. Shut up. <laughs> we're, on, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on uh, Spotify. You can you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, I'm just double checking. We're also on Stitcher. That was the third thing. Uh, and yeah, I think that's everything. Uh, we was, also have a Patreon. There we Shut go. Up, Coop. There we go. We also have a Patreon. Shut up. <laughs> uh, you should check out our Patreon. Um, that's how we we keep the show afloat. And I don't want to spend too long plugging our Patreon on another podcast, so I'll just leave it there. I don't care. I was gonna plug it for you anyway, so you know. <laughs> um, and and if you want to hear um, weird takes or 
uh, see into the deepening hole of a weird 90s anime I've been getting myself into. Um, uh, I'm at Twitter, at Rider Strike. And Dylan, where can, where can people find you if they want to uh, go fast? You can find me. Um, my Twitter handle is at the Dilla. I made my first viral tweet a uh, couple days ago. So if you if you play Devil May Cry three and you've seen, well, actually, okay. By the time you listen to this, it's probably going to be a very old meme. <laughs> but uh, I I uploaded a video of Dante dancing around some enemies while t posing, um, and that's been fun. Uh, so maybe you might know me from that. <laughs> uh but yeah if, if you want to find me my handle is at the t-h-a underscore dilla d-i-l-a Woo! well all right so let's let's before we end this i i we got we gotta let's talk about how to learn to love lane yes uh let's all love rider strike oh thank you, thank you. <laughs> um so i watched this show the the serial experiments lane. I was really disappointed that there was no Captain Crunch, um, no um, no Fruity Pebbles. Wait, oh serial ah, fuck uh, off. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so Lane, um, it's I I'm just I'm gonna talk in broad terms because I feel like you gotta it's a show that you gotta watch because. The show is so much about its visuals and its storytelling yeah. and really about what it doesn't say that you have to infer for yourself. It's, it's that, a show that you really have to touch and feel. It's yeah. not going to it's not really going to hand out anything. It's something you kind of got to actively engage with. Um, like if we try to describe uh, any plot stuff, it would be just kind of rambling nonsense to a lot of people. So in my in my last viewing of Lane, I was watching it and I got super into it and like to the point where like I was just kind of I, I, I was like, all right, I have to open up a Google Doc doc and like type my like ramblings of like every single interesting observation I made about this show. Um, and it was like I, I, I go back to that occasionally and I'm like, yeah, Dylan, you made some good observations there, buddy. High five. <laughs> um but I, I think like the the one thing after I kind of did that right write up of like the first like four or five episodes, I kind of went back to it and like thought I'd type an intro uh, when I wasn't sleep deprived and like just binging this show. And I think if I had to summarize Lane as like one thing, it's uh, a girl wants to under like goes onto the internet to try to understand the people around her and ends up ends up like she she wants to connect with people but she ends up becoming defined by those connections in a way that she can't control Mm. and that that is why throughout watching this show it just baffles me the show was made in 1998 and it's 20 years old now it's very prescient um it um, it just reminds me so much of Isaac Asimov's writing of how um, predict how much it predicted things that were going to happen, like cell phones and all that nonsense. And just the the <coughs> the degree to which like internet and social media has over 
like over how people interact and their mental health and uh, it's just it's fascinating um and just some some spoilery ass stuff it is going to god stuff and i well, was they go with the god stuff from episode 1 so true i maybe that went over my head but <laughs> um because some of those later episodes i was kind of halfway near conking out in that's um, fair um i but... think it's it's definitely more interesting on the rewatch but that mm. last episode that last yeah. episode was always hard for me to sit yeah. through until my last viewing where I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is the best. Uh, <laughs> but uh, sorry. I I think basically to, to like sum up Lane in as succinctly as possible <coughs> is the you that like the, the way you see yourself is a completely different character from the you that everyone else sees. Mm. And then on top of that, the you that everyone else sees may or may not be influenced by what other people say about you. And so there it's this constant like thing of like you like not just the self, but like the reality around mm. you is not a constant thing. It is something that is amorphous and constantly changing based on yeah. what information is available to people. And um, then with twenty twenty heh twenty twenty vision, um, um for me I read that as a bunch of social media quite things how we present uh in a lot of cases we don't show our real selves on twitter on facebook or anything it's a very Mm -hmm. curated version and people think of it what they will and uh lane in a way becomes uh i'm gonna say this really dirty word an influencer um but she is though yeah fucking serial experiments lane (laughs) predicted influencers yep and she, I, I like the term internet personality myself, but that's because mm-hmm. I feel like an old internet man. Anyway, um, but she, um, the influencer, how people flock around her, puts her up to a god status. And then what gets even more scary, because um, eventually Lane has the power to affect memory and stuff like that. And uh, you know what? I thought of... Uh, I'm not going to say his name because he's a piece of shit, but a certain elected official, um, Mm -hmm. how his rise came by manipulation of information and making people believe certain things did and did not happen. Yeah. Um, That it was almost like it was almost a vision of the future of some of that bullshit, too. Um, Like, I know there's a more philosophical way I think um, Chiaki, Chiaki J. Konaka was going with this and points points to Konaka because he just puts the J in his name because he thinks it's cool. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, but I I it just taking the whole philosophical thing, it's just the effects on the internet and what that does to people. That's the most fascinating thing this show um, was for me. It's it was just a really cool character study um, and a really cool examination on that. At least for me, that's how I read it, <laughs> and I haven't um, seen it four times. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see if I can uh, go through my <coughs> documents real quick because I, I feel of like course. I have some interesting stuff there. Uh, just gotta find it now. I have like three Google accounts. <laughs> gotta figure <laughs> out which one it's under. 
Also, uh, why why you're hunting? Mm-hmm. Duvet is such a good song. Duvet is so fucking good, dude. And it's it feels so asynchronous to the the show, and that makes it work even more because laying on a hole is just kind of off, and yeah, having this uh, night. I'm I'm not being mean. That when opening's I say this. not even an opening to me. It's a fucking MTV music video. Yeah, I was gonna say it was like a '90s hippie band kind of song, and I'm not using that in a derogatory way. It's like the uh, 1,000 Maniacs, or the vocal, or the female vocalists are like, ah, oh, yeah, oh yeah, da 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 da, yeah, yeah. yeah. and really chill guitar and. Like, like they are hanging out in a coffee shop, and they just plan because they're like Neki Basara. They just want to play. They're just chilling. They jamming. They might, they might get a blunt from the owner. Uh, they may just get free <laughs> coffee. They're just chilling. They don't really care. They're just kind of right. doing their thing. I, I found my document. Uh, let's see. <coughs> Do you want me to just, just like start reading this? Or? Go ahead. Okay. Give, give me give me the greatest hits of All right. Serial Experiments D-Lane. Introduction, the title and format of Serial Experiments Lane. We refer to the show as Lane, but I feel like ignoring the whole title does disservice to how we're meant to tackle the show. Serial Experiments Lane. Serial as an adjective is defined as consisting of, forming part of, or taking place in a series. As a noun, it refers to a story that is told episodically. You could call it a TV series or a comic book series. A serial. Though Lane is never literally experimented on scientifically, or a simple dictionary.com search defines the purpose of an experiment as testing a hypothesis or demonstrating a known fact. So, the serial experiments are a series of episodes that chronicle the life of Lane for the purpose of providing knowledge. Every episode is a series of events that, much like a real-life experiment, requires an analysis of the data presented, and ultimately a conclusion is meant to be drawn at the end of each episode. The show classifies these experiments not as episodes, but as layers. Each experiment takes the core concept of the preceding layer and builds upon it. The show requests, demands would be a more accurate statement, that we think about each layer before moving on to the next one, lest we get too deep. The show will never directly answer the questions it poses. It wants you to think, not to make you feel smart by watching its... An- well, ugh, sorry, let me retake that. The show will never directly answer the question it, it poses. It wants you to think, not to make you feel smart by watching it answer its own prompts. Thus, to watch Seal Experiments Lane passively is to ignore it. Each layer's title is a keyword to prime the viewer on what they should be thinking about. For example, Layer 02... Girls prompted me to pay attention to instances of youth, sex, and gender as we see Lane make her first friends and go to a nightclub. Layer 03, Psych, had me expecting the episode to be about the human mind, but it also turns out to be the name of an advanced computer processor that allows Lane to access the information of the internet with the same level of ease that she's able to function as a living, breathing organism. The human mind is just a more advanced computer. So just like... Stuff like that, like that's how mm. deep I get into thinking. Like, I get you. It's it's something that like you really gotta like, and this is just me like kind of like after like a night of binge watching serial experiments, Lane. I'm like I have to get these notes on paper because like it's such a weird show to tackle, but like it makes so much sense once you find a way to like kind of slow down and parse each thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I guess like I kind of owe it to Lane. Like this is how 
this is why, like, the way I tackle each episode of, like, Macross when we do these episodes, like, I kind of try to break it down to the nitty-gritty, like, to that level. Yeah, boy. Honestly, I'm thinking the most Kanaka-esque episode we've talked about, um, it kind of goes into the... It goes into Lane's Lane. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, that episode uh, Phantasm, where uh, Hikaru was having his I'm almost dead fever dream. Oh, and yeah, all that yeah, recut yeah. footage. Like, yeah, yeah. That... That's a good episode. Like, and again, listen to that episode. I forget <coughs> which one we talked about it, but also the production story behind it. It's, mm-hmm. uh, um, and also speaking of production, <coughs> I think something that works about Lane. Now, I didn't see any information about this specifically, but I, it doesn't look like Lane had a huge budget. Uh, probably not. I. I don't know what its budget would have been. Like, it's got, like, a decent amount of CG. Mm. Uh, I don't know how much, like, that would have cost back then. Gotcha. Because it uh, feels like a lot of the character movement's very minimal. Um, yeah, the, I'm, not, I'm not sure how much of that is deliberate versus how much of that is that, budget. That, I, I'm, I'm curious as, as to that as well. And then also the beginning title of each episode, like, the street scene is the same. Um, yeah. Except for the oh, last I one, that. I think. I love that so much. <clears throat> because I'm, I'm having the hot feeling is somebody, Konaka and the team behind Lane pitched the show. And whoever was financing was like, you could make this, but we're not going to give you a whole hell of a lot of money because we don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, <laughs> and rather than be discouraged, I feel like the team... Which also, the director of this show also directed the 8th MMS, 8th MS team, by the way, which I found very interesting. Um, oh, okay. Um, what I found, uh, what was it saying? Yes, so they were probably told, hey, the money, they were given constraints. like Kind of like what I was talking about uh, Metal Gear Rising earlier. Yeah. That some of the best work comes out of, you have this idea, you have these constraints, so it's got to be super focused. Like, Lane, if somebody telling me Lane's super focused, Lane is pretty focused, even though it may not make any sense to you. Lane is very <laughs> focused. <coughs> and But given any um, things with budget they had to deal with, they had to make sure they had that tight into it, and whatever tricks they could use to get more mileage for what they'd spent on animating the show um, and then using it to further advance what they've done already is just, it's, it's so well done. It's, it's mm. excellent. It is chef's kiss. It, it, it <coughs> utilizes minimal. Yeah. It utilizes minimalism in a way that is very, I, you know, it's it's very economical. Mm, I was getting some hardcore, uh, even though I haven't watched more of it since we last talked, um, Zeta Gundam vibes in its approach to don't tell show, and that's yeah, a lot of yeah. that's a lot of lane. There's some moments where it tells, and it kind of well, it cryptically tells the best yeah. way I can describe it. It, 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 it tells it 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 tells by talking <laughs> about something that seems completely unrelated at mm. first. Until you realize that, oh no, this is actually explaining everything. 
or the tell is one half of a conversation and you don't yeah. get to hear the other half. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. That and the visuals, like the first thing you notice from the beginning, I just remember when you first see, see Lane, how everything is so washed out, they don't even bother uh, putting in different colors for Lane's house and the road leading up to her house. Oh, dude, it's so good. Because like nothing... So I this is this is one of my favorite shots in like the first or second episode when Lane leaves her house and it's just like a door into a white void mm. because I guess it's like it's this idea of like all of that like her entire neighborhood what the exterior of her house looks like that is all like nothing like that is of no importance to Lane it's just like I'm opening the door from my house like. Sorry, this is this is so weird and esoteric mm. to describe, but it's like, do you like when you think about driving on the way to work? Do you ever think about like that one house you pass like five minutes in, or no, you don't because it's like not important information. Yeah. It's not a house that particularly stands out, and so like Lane kind of illustrates this as like this weird white <sighs> void mm. because none of that information matters mm. to Lane, so they don't draw any of it. Just, like, stuff like that is so it's, cool, and I fucking love this show. It's, uh, masterful. Like, maybe, may, hard to grasp masterful, but Lane, like, I see why people put it up with Evangelion, but even these, <laughs> I feel like you're talking with two different sides of a coin here, because yeah. Evangelion is a very personal story, and it's, it's... <coughs> a lot Shinji, but it's really about Ano. I also watched the rebuild movies, mm-hmm. and it's even um, people tend to like the first two movies and don't like the third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, third one was okay, but that's if you're not watching it in an Ano mindset. And I found a really good video essay about this. Um, I, th- I think I know the one you're talking about. <coughs> yeah, where the first part of rebuild is the AV, you know. Second part is different. It's what you what the fans want. Third part is like get fucked. Um, Ava staying the same and being the same and being obsessed with that is very unhealthy. You need yeah. to move on. And that's Ano. Ano is like um, for him, Evangelion represents a very unhealthy time in his life where he put all his pain. Uh, to quote one Domin Kashu, his pain, his angering, my love and all my sorrow, depression <laughs> finger into Ava. And um, and that was an expression of him kind of putting things back together for himself. People didn't necessarily care I, for that. Um, I, I think my take. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, let me just finish on that. Yeah, so go I didn't ahead. care. And then end of Ava was a lot like. Fuck y'all! I'll give you what I'll give you the prettier picture version of this, but still, fuck y'all! It's still not going to be a very happy ending because y'all are more uh, 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 preoccupied by this fourteen-year-old girl with uh, blue hair and her titties, other than the fact that she is meant to be a soulless corporate product doll, and y'all don't get that. Um, I, I never really rewatching End of Ava. I I don't really get the feeling that it's spiteful so much as it's like 
it's him being like, get help, please. I, I see it more as your dad taking you aside and be like, hey, we got to talk. Like, come on, you just put this together. I'll give you help if you need it, but you need to, like, come on. Like, boy, I honestly, I would be so interested because um, I know both we're, we're on a tangent, but both. Uh, oh, you're, you are cutting out a lot. Give me, oh, give me just I here? a second. Okay. Yeah, you're still here. It's it's okay. just in and out. Uh, like okay, the try talking now. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm talking. Yes, uh, we're good. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> oh, my but, Oh, my Um But I would be interested to see where Ano um, also with Zurumaki would go on another um, Gunbuster because I know mm-hmm. those two are over. Um, they're over with Car right now because they're both working on Ava. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna make it easy. Ava 4.0 right now, mm-hmm. which I right. I will see that in the theater just to see how it turns out. It all wraps um, up. Yeah, um, but also, who knows if we'll even get a Gunbuster? But there, I like to see a take from those guys. Um, because <clears throat> to continue our derailment here, uh, Surumaki and Ano got screwed by Gynex because, mm. from what I am aware of the situation, uh, over the past ten years, Gynex be- basically became a Harmony Gold and o- and owes a shit ton of money to um, what has roughly been said Yakuza guys, and mm-hmm. um, in a rather shitty deal because Ano. When he got rights to Evangelion, he was also trying to negotiate rights for Gunbuster and for himself because he wanted that. And he also wanted to, and there's an article about this, so if there's any wrongs about this, please take a look at that. I believe it's on Anime News Network. Um, and for Surumaki, he wanted to go ahead, uh, he also directed, most people, I know you know this still, and uh, Surumaki directed uh, Fuli Kuli. And um, Ano was pissed he wasn't able to get those Gunbuster rights or those rights for Fuli Kuli for Surumaki to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's also how we got Progressive and uh, Alternative alternative because IG owned part of those rights to begin with. So you had that to contend with. Um, And so fun fact, um, I will say continue on the... well, just where the trains are going everywhere. Let's love Lane. Um, but uh, I will say, because uh, I noticed one Mr. Wooly Madden forgot that Fully Cooly came and gone, the sequels. Um, I would say don't watch. Okay, if you want to watch it, watch Progressive. People who really like the original watch Alternative because that's a natural stepping stone from when the original show um, yeah, it, did. Yeah, it felt... Like, from what little I've seen of Alternative, <laughs> it felt more like that was a sequel I jived with more than Progressive. Yeah, Progressive's all like, hey, you guys like that show? You like that movie, The Force Awakens? Let's do that, <laughs> but fully coolly. Um, so, yeah, but Alternative is great. Please check that out. Give that show a try. I, you can go whatever on, on Progressive if you'd like, but Alternative's great. But um, um, I wanted to take it back to end of Ava real quick. I, yes, go oh ahead. Oh man, this is a really meandery conversation. We it's, should probably you know cut what? It it's soon. enjoyable though because 
It's, it's like watching some of the end episodes of Lane for the first time. What? Yeah. Honestly, that's that's valid. You're valid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember when I first watched the last episodes of Lane back in senior year of high school. Oh, my God. Um, uh. Like, I, I was definitely super feeling it up until those last couple episodes. So I, I get where you're coming from. That hardcore uh, uh, infernography is pretty hard to deal with. Oh, yeah, God. Anyway, we were talking about End of Evangelion. And I guess, like, uh, I just wanted to comment that, like, the final 15 minutes of End of Evangelion feel less like a fuck you and more like a... So what does ha- what happens at the end of Neon Genesis Evangelion? I don't know, but whatever it is, it's not going to make you happy in your life. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't feel spiteful so much as like, you know, does Shinji like, and do Shinji and Asuka reconcile? Do they get along as like the last two people on Earth? Maybe. But like, even if they do, is that going to fix your problems that you have uh. in real life? Watching this in your movie theater? And who knows, um, like some people are want to do, maybe Sinji will just make everything happen over again to try and make it the way he wanted it to happen the first time around. Hint, um, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's like he's rebuilding the situation and he oh, learns what? the... I, I know. And he learns the hard true fact is how hard he tries to get back to what it was and what he thought he wanted. It's never going to be the same. He gets the neutral ending in Shin Megami Tensei 3. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's all love Lane. Um, yes. And to love Lane, you need to realize that Lane needs her space. Yep. And, you know, don't don't worship or, like, assign her a personality. But I, I guess the thing about Serial Experiments Lane... Except those bear pajamas, though. Those bear pajamas are fire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I think I got a lot more out of serial experiments lane when I wasn't just trying to pay attention to the high concepts mm. or the sociology or any of that. Um, I, I I read like the first part of my write through that my the, like I wrote later that like I start I really started enjoying lane when I stopped focusing on the symbolism and like what oh what does this mean you know like a high school like philosophy major wannabe mm. uh, does. Uh, and I started focusing on, like, well, what is every character's quirk? Um, and especially on, like, a third, fourth viewing, like, now that I know each, what, where each character ends up, I can pay more attention to what it is they're trying to do before they get there. Mm. Um, and so, like, spending more time, like, focusing on, like, Lane's dad, for example, and how he has, like, him and Lane's mom are, like, very intimate. And if you watch the show once... Spoiler alert, uh, it turns out that they're all a bunch of actors hired to pretend to be Lane's family. Um, and you'll notice that, like, at first, like, Lane and Lane's father and mother are, like, super PDA, uh, like, super Mm, on top of each other. But as the further the show goes, the less and less into it Lane's dad is. Um, and it's just kind of, like, viewing that personal journey of him going from, like, this physical intimacy to something that is a more emotional connection that he forms with Lane or that he wants to form with Lane. Um, there's there's a lot of... Lane is about, like, intimacy and how to get it. 
And I think I think the character arc of Lane's father is like one of the best illustrations of that. Um, and it, it kind of parallels Lane's relationship with Alice in a way. Alice mm, being like yeah. the other biggest character in that show. Uh, there's just there's really a lot of like. I, I think like the, the, the only thing I can recommend for people who either watched Serial Experiments Lane and didn't really get it or like it or enjoy it or people who have only heard about Serial Experiments Lane and are just, you know, they're hearing us talk about it and they've listened for this long, in which case, congratulations. I'm honestly very impressed that you put up with us for this long. <laughs> um, but I, I would say that I think don't watch it as like for its social commentary. Don't watch it for its sweeping narratives. If you want to give it a try or give it another try, I would focus very much on the loneliness each character mm-hmm. has and how they try to battle it, which they never spell out okay. like they do in Evangelion. It's very mm-hmm. much in their mannerisms and how they talk to each other. And it's all free to watch on YouTube. That's true. I think it it used to be on Crunchyroll. I don't know if it's still on Crunchyroll. Yeah. Oh, so I something I noticed about Lane that I bet you pretty art you know already, but something that threw me for a loop is mm-hmm. Lane and Mima from Perfect Blue have the same voice actor in English. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> uh, they also have the same voice actor in English as Jerry from Digimon Tamers. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going to ask if you've watched Digimon Tamers yep, I've seen at any Tamers. point in the last five years. Not in the last five last years. years. I remember watching it when it aired. Okay, okay. But you remember it pretty clearly from the sound of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, stuff, stuff got <laughs> fucked up with Jerry. Yeah, I, I, think I've, <laughs> I think I've seen... Digimon Tamers is one of my favorite kids' shows. I think I've seen it about four times. Um... Yeah, uh, I I heartily recommend if we want to talk about isolation and loneliness, fucking watch Digimon yeah. Tamers. Who oh, boy, uh, oh. that that show was ran by Chiaki J Konaka, the uh, person who he worked on Serial Experiments Lane. He he was the writer for the episodes, um, oh. and it, you know it's nowhere near on the same level, but like. It's definitely a little more digestible, more easily digestible than Lane. Yeah. Because there's um, a lot, <coughs> there's a lot more, uh, da, 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 evolution. Oh my God. You watched the sub, didn't you? Like, <laughs> so I, I saw clips of the bio merging cause I was just curious what that yeah. looked like. Cause I remember when I was a kid watching this, like, I hope my mom doesn't see me watching this cause I bet she'd feel very uncomfortable if she saw this, these scenes. Right, right. <laughs> um, but I just it, dude, Digimon music slaps. So what? What can I tell you? Um, yeah, yeah. Like the the American music for the uh, Bio Merge mm. Digivolution is also like shockingly good. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we're we're getting we're getting we're getting away from ourselves, so we should probably wrap this up. Yes. Uh, <laughs> close to wrapping it up. I do one last thing on Lane. Um. And this, um, I did also watch cutscenes translated and looked a little bit into the PS One game, which yes. is also one of the most expensive PS One games to import. It's like two hundred, three hundred bucks. Um, That's crazy. So you should, if you ever want to try it out, 
Um, I know I know there's on YouTube a guy who did the painstaking work of going through the entire game and translating everything. So check that out if you. It's more. It I plays kind of like what's that one uh, adventure game, visual novel or whatever. Her story, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about like, right. You're going through like a video database and you're yeah. like unlocking video after video, and it's very. And conversations and photos. Yeah. And it, it's very uh, out of chronological order. I know there's a word for that, but I can't think of it right now. Uh, memento. Sure. Don't trust him. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Um, let me tell you about Christopher Nolan. Um, anyway. Um, oh, Pulp Fiction. Okay, wrong thing. Anachronic. Uh, That's what it's called. There we go. What? Wait a second. You're telling me Dr. Dre is involved in this? <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Okay. Bye, dude. <laughs> before we kill me, before the, the long goodbye. Um, um, I would say if you're interested in Lane, don't check out the... The PS1 game is much different than... Oh, yeah. Because Lane is just... In that, Lane's just kind of a crazy person um, who... Uh, uh, whose father passes away and she tries to turn a corpse into a robot daddy and oh geez see i didn't know about that i yeah. i know very little about you the, see the ps1 game and the last clip of the game is like oh yeah the it's last not seen as it's very huge disturbing. content warning for that yeah, yeah don't i wouldn't i would say Watch the show first, and if you're interested, see stuff from that. But it's see if a lot. you can find someone to give you a list of content warning yeah, because it is a very messed up game. It's a lot like uh, in that game. Like just looking at the UI, it's very uncomfortable because you have a like an avatar lane in the oh yeah, she's just staring at you the whole time while you're going through the data. Um, but. Boy, Lane, and I'm gonna. I think if I watch Lane again here soon, it will be with the dub because I watched it subbed. Um, because I saw, um, I'll send this to you later, Dylan. But I saw a clip okay. of the last episode of Lane talking in English, and I'm like, okay, I gotta watch this show again in English. Like it's um, easier to pay attention to stuff uh, watching it in English as well. I, I um, think I think the sub is like really good. Um, but like that's a kind of show where like you kind of need your eyes. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Not even because there's a lot of stuff going on, but like you, you just absorb. Like at least for me, I I absorbed it easier. Mm. My second viewing when I watched it dubbed. I getcha. All right. So I, that is about it. Before we go, quick thing. Speaking of sub versus dub, Parasite is a bitchin' movie. Y'all should watch it. And um, lastly, here, um, Lane has some pretty spooky, cool. Um, future fonts um so that's why also i bought the first volume of dot hack and those games are too fucking expensive man excited for the uh, first dude one. i've been i've been wanting to get into dot hack <laughs> for the longest time because it has that fantasy star online aesthetic that mm. like i've never played fantasy star online but every fucking image in a magazine like that was my aesthetic for the longest time uh it's mwah. okay and yeah all right one 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 last lane love before we go i did I did see on Twitter for the Blu-ray edition that the menu is literally a ni- Windows 95 pop-up yes, screen. Yes, I have it. It is. And that is haunting and amazing all at the same time. Um, 
But um, there we go. Those were our serial musings on Lane and shows of its ilk. Um, thank you for listening to this with us. And next time we'll be back with more Macross 7 and probably a lot less uh, discussion on Loving and Lane. So, as always, I've been Coop. Maybe. I'm Dylan. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a good one. Toodaloo. Goodbye. (laughs) Ha-ha!